0: than a teacher. You are more than a parent. You are more. And that's exactly why i brought Amanda and Kate to the special education inner circle podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher. And today I'm super excited to talk about a topic that quite often is seen as taboo. And we're going to hit some of those tough questions and, and not just talk about the topic, but talk about solutions. So Amanda and Kate, thank you for being here today.
1: Thanks, Thanks for having so us. Happy.
0: All right, so it always starts this way. How did you end up at an IEP table? Amanda, why don't you share that with us?
2: Um, so I, am, I came to the IEP table first as a parent. Um, my oldest son um, is on the autism spectrum and I felt like I was playing a game that I didn't know the rules to. So that's how I became a master IEP coach and connected with Catherine. And that has been so great for me to be able to serve my son and so many others. Um, And I blog about our journey so that um, I have a form of release of what is happening. I can write it and let go. And that's how Kate uh, and I found each other because her story was the first that I found where someone was writing honestly about autism. And we have become, I can say, great friends, um, which is crazy to think. And together, we wanted to do more for caregivers. So we ended up founding a nonprofit called The More Than Project.
0: I can't wait to tell everybody what you're doing with that and and just give some insights of what is possible in this this world of chaos in so many different ways in our disability community. So Kate, tell us, how did you end up at an IEP table?
1: Um, Same as a parent. So my son Cooper is now 11, but when he was two and a half, we started that whole school district early intervention, kind of confusing, scary time. And we actually, before an IEP, we had the family plan which, um, cause he was so young. And um, I, I remember also feeling like I was playing a game I didn't know. I felt like parents even kinda kept secrets from each other because they got something really good and they didn't want you to take what they had really good for their kid. And it was a, um, while we never really had an, you, know, you hear about these kind of uncomfortable moments with IEPs, we never had any of those, but I still don't feel like I did my best up until recently. Um, Because I wasn't really on the same team as the teacher. So uh, I really changed the way I think now and we're having success. And that comes from, I think, being cohesive.
0: Yeah, I love that. You guys have great words today of like honesty (laughs) and cohesive and and just... They're pure, like you can tell that you're speaking from experience and that it's with hope. And that's one of the things that we're always talking about in our Master IP Coach community is having this hope and this determination that things are possible. So, you, you know, both of you have been to many, many IEP meetings. You've had your ups and downs. You've had all those things. But a lot of times in our community and, you know, our listeners right now are parents, teachers, admins, therapists we get hyper focused on this IEP process. We get hyper focused on this meeting, this paperwork, this outcome, this data, and it all feels like everything weighs into this meeting and it's going to make or break a child's future. And so let's talk about that just for a second, and then we're going to talk about how to look beyond the IEP for caregivers and teachers. So uh, you know, I'm assuming that you guys have felt that because almost every parent I've talked to has felt that. What are some things that you keep in mind for yourself as you're approaching IEP meetings now to not have that hyper focus of this? It, it's a it's a one meeting that has to be perfect. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's important to remember that um, our children change every day. They surprise us every single day. And with that, the IEP can change and the IEP can surprise us. So just because we're sitting down in October, doesn't mean that we can't see this team again until next October. I talk to my son's teacher every single day through a communication plan. And that's how we know we're getting really close here to mastery. So it's time to bump it up or we're getting really off target here. So it's time to make some changes and we can meet as a team and we can talk and I value their input and they value mine because from the very beginning, I said, we are in this together because we all want the same thing. And I think it's important to let the team know you're there for them and you expect the same from them it's okay to set expectations but you have to be a member of the team you have to play the same you know game instead of withholding information that's where i was when jackson was 3 if i hold on to this and don't share it until the last minute then i have a leg up it doesn't work that way that was not a good way to come to the table
0: Oh, I love that perspective because it does. It happens so much. Kate just said, you know, like parents feel like they're withholding from each other and then you're withholding from the team. And that's the the fastest way to either never build trust or to break trust is to withhold information um, in this IEP process. So Kate, how about you? How, how has your perspective changed in this way?
1: So I really focus on non IEP wins because for me, I um, the IEP process, no matter how fantastic it goes, it's still really clinical. And I always feel like Cooper is, or used to really feel, like Cooper was a number on a spreadsheet. He was a file folder. He was a list of data. And that made me, it felt like it removed the little boy parts of him, the kindergarten fun parts, because it was all data. And um, I am a very much a real world in the now thinker. So our IEP meetings start with our teacher telling us, she's like, I could tell you all the hard things that happened, but she's like, do you know that when Cooper went in gym the other day, the class cheered for him because he's the most popular kid there. And like instantly I was like, oh, I love you. You know, I mean, <laughs> she. so she tells me all these real life things. I, I can't think of him in a clinical setting for school. It just didn't work for me. So I had to change my mindset and remember that stuff's great. And she's focusing on that and I can support her but I'm going to keep him a little boy. That's my oh, goal.
0: I love that. So, so that kind of leads to like, a lot of times we're so focused on this IEP process that the entire um, parenting experience feels clinical or the entire teacher experience. You're like, I didn't go to school for this. Like I thought teaching was going to be different. I thought parenting was going to be different. And, you know, looking beyond the doctor's appointment, the diagnosis, the prescriptions, the behavior data, looking beyond all of that is so important, but we can't do that by ourselves. That is really easy to say. And, you know, there's this you know, phrase out there, self-care, right? And it's like, and I would say like bubble baths, don't fix IEPs. Um, Like that self-care is not about that. Now, if you enjoy the bubble bath, go, you want your extra, you know, grande latte, this, that, fantastic, do it. But there's so much more to a person than just their role in the IEP process, which kind of leads to this nonprofit that you know i'm i'm seeing it i'm hearing about it and i was like let's tell everybody about it so i don't know who wants to jump in and and share what is this nonprofit that that you have developed you want to start amanda sure
2: so um what really inspired the foundation of the more than project and kate um, talks about this in her writing in her book and we talk about it as a leadership team and her support page is the mom at two o'clock in the morning or at midnight who says, I can't do this anymore. I need help. I don't know how to keep going. I am so tired. I am so worn down. And I, we said we have to help them. We have to figure out how do they know they are not alone and that we support them and that we understand. So we started with this vision of more than a caregiver where we would provide free telehealth, mental health counseling to caregivers, whether that be the mom or the dad or the grandma, whoever is caring for the individual with special needs to support them in their own home, in their own time, and really help them feel seen. And as we started and we started having these conversations, we learned that we wanna support the individual themselves and we wanted to honor siblings. And we did that with the more than a sibling scholarship. And we want to honor teachers because, um, you know, Kate says it all the time, it's a full community of people who are supporting an individual with different needs. It's not just the parent and the child, it's siblings and teachers and grandparents and therapists, and we want to support everyone. So that is how we came up with the More Than Project being the overseeing body for all of these trickle-down scholarships and opportunities that we want to provide to really honor those who are loving on these individuals.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's not just limited to caregivers. Now you've expanded, you have siblings, you have teachers. And obviously that's because this more than a caregiver, how it starts. And, and anybody who's ever started a program, you know, that's what happens. You have this great idea. You start it and you're like, oh, that was successful. And now I have to do more. Like, <laughs> you're like this was really good. And now um, with that. So Kate, can you just share some of the things that like when you first started this and parents started experiencing more than, I mean, that, that really is an experience of like somebody cares enough. To help me get help in that what is what's some of the feedback that that parents gave to you oh just amazing just
1: being so i always felt really in in the worries i had about autism the um the frustrations and even the anger all the emotions that go into it i never had a safe place to say that like i would say it to my mom and she'll she'd be like it'll be okay or my husband would try and you know kind of rush me through my feelings or and that's human nature I needed to find a group of women or like-minded individuals that I could say, I'm struggling and this is hard and not have to immediately follow it up with, but I love my child. Cause that's what we're kind of feel pressured to do. Mm-hmm. So creating this, you know, essentially this community that of, of finding Cooper's voice, but then furthering it with the more than project, amazing feedback. People are feeling seen and heard, and it's been really powerful for Amanda and I to, Uh, there's a saying that something like once you make it through the storm help those that are still struggling and that's our goal now that's our whole
0: mission Uh, so, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this a lot because it, it is a topic that feels very taboo. Um, I personally feel like, you know, having been in the disability community, you know, for 40 <laughs> some years um, as a special needs sibling myself, I, I saw the generations before you of parents who did not speak of this. This was like, no, 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 no. Because that whole like, I'm struggling, but I love my child. There was no, I'm struggling. It's just, I love him. I love her. Like, that's just, it is what it is and I'm okay. And what I was thinking about this morning is, but the goal is not just to be okay. The goal is not just to be fine. The goal is not just to handle it, right? Like we're talking about like thriving. So can you share a little bit about what does it feel like to be hanging on just okay. And like what, you know, the difference, because I want to encourage people to reach out to you. And, you know, that's something that, you know, my daughter had medical complex background way back when she was a toddler. And I know what that feels like to be just okay versus living life. So I would love some specific things. So like Amanda, what does your day look like when you're just okay, and what does your day look like when you know you're more than and that you're being supported?
2: So Kate and I actually exchanged texts this morning. We're like, "Team, no sleep." I'm <laughs> like, "Meet you, girl." <laughs> so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is the pure definition of feeling just okay. I'm like, we laid there and we watched every hour on the clock, and you knew you couldn't get up because you couldn't risk waking up the kid who is rustling around and refusing to stay quiet and you couldn't wake the rest of the house and you knew how much you had to get done and you knew today was gonna drag on and stink, quite honestly, by 12 o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock when coffee's not working anymore. And you know that your child's not gonna thrive today because they're exhausted and you're exhausted and you think, but someone else understands and we will make it through. We have made it through every hard day. And Kate and I got the opportunity to talk a lot about grief and special needs parenting and how it's a moving target where it's not that you're grieving diagnosis and it's not that you're grieving, you know, your child your child, or therapy ended and now we have to go to school or now school ended and we have to do this. It's the small things that you're like, they'll never sleep, but we'll make it through. And there's another mom who understands and we can work together and we can connect you with someone else. And it's, you then learn that this is just a moment. This is not forever. There is happiness. There is joy. There are milestones. There are things to be thankful for, but you have to sit in it, like Kate said, and we can help you sit there and then we help you find the other side. And that's really where you go from just being okay to I can do this. I know I can do this and on the days that I can't, I have somebody I can call and they will help me make it through.
0: Kate, hey, do you have anything else of what it looks like from before and kind of
1: after? Well, and it's really for any to any mother, any mother, because so my my two youngest who do not have special needs are not sleeping. And the other day I was doing a live video and I was like, I am so tired. Those little monsters don't sleep, you know? And some older woman said, you know, wrote to me like, just fix it already. Like you've been complaining long enough. And it was enough of a scold to be like, I told Amanda, I'm like, I'm not gonna talk about being tired anymore because I don't wanna be scolded. And that's so wrong. Like we should be able to say the hard parts of our lives and not feel silenced and have to sit in this alone. And to go back on one thing you you, you said to touch on, um, parents of older children in their 40s and 50s, they come to me every single day. Every single day I have five, 10 comments and messages that were like, if you would have been here, this community, when my child was diagnosed, we wouldn't have hidden in our home for our whole entire life. And I and I think about those moms and dads that paved the way for our kids. Like they paved the way, but they, they did it uphill the whole way and mm-hmm. didn't have this sense of community. So Amanda and I are going to change that. And social
0: media has given us the ability to reach everyone
1: now. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that's how I feel about special education, right? So, like, we all have something that weighs on our heart. And I I want everybody who hears this, maybe you're not in the place to lead something like a more than project. Maybe you're not in the place to become a master IEP coach. Maybe you're not in the place to do that. That's okay. Lean on those who are doing those things. And and you know what? We need you just as much as you feel like you might need us in Like, it's okay. Just join us. Come find us. And Uh, you know, I watched that uphill battle as a special needs sibling. My brother is the first generation of fully educated adults with disabilities. He was born. So if you think, see, that's a different perspective, right? In there. So he was born in 77. The law was enacted in 75, which means that the generation before him, they didn't get school. And so they were, they were, um, I'm going to say uneducated in in that way. They were uneducated in their younger years. And then there were adults with disabilities. Okay. So I, I grew up seeing adults with disabilities who were not educated in their early years. So my brother's the first generation, which means that when he got to the end of school, nobody knew what to do because he was the first generation. So I want you guys to tell us about what's happening with more than a teacher and what's going on there, because that definitely fills a gap that I have felt strongly um, as a special needs sibling to uh, a wonderful man in his Mm forties.
2: So we are lucky enough to um, be able to partner with some amazing people. And it's funny, Kate says full circle moments all the time. And this project is 100% that. It was a random email from a lady who has the spotlight project. And she is a therapist who saw the need of how do we make meaningful employment? How do we pay fair wages? How do we give these young adults experience and purpose? And they are creating custom um, bracelets and we are gonna be able to share photos and videos and all the behind the scenes on what that looks like because their system is brilliant. Um, And they are making a I am more um, bracelet for the more than project. And the proceeds from these bracelets go back to our more than a teacher initiative, which we are um, going to give scholarships out for sensory corners, rooms, pathways, whatever your school has room for, to fill the need um, for those who don't have that space. Because as Kate and I know, and Catherine, as you know, it's so important for us to have access to these spaces for our kids and their students. And when we talked to Rachel who runs the spotlight project, she said, um, the students said, people are always raising money for us and this is our way to give back. And I thought that was the most beautiful truth ever because they're doing it. They're doing the thing for teachers and to give back. And I think that it's just beautiful.
0: It is. It's it's exciting to see again. That's a true community where no matter what your ability is, you are contributing, and and you're supporting each other. So this is a you know a person who has a disability who's supporting the teacher who you know supports the children with disabilities. Like you can't get more you know kind of engaged in community than doing that. So all right, we're gonna have all the links for everybody um, below, so you're gonna be able to find out if you're a parent. If you're a teacher, if you're just like, what is going on? Like, I just need to read some some blogs of, you know, other people who are going through things like I'm not ready to engage yet um, in that way, because that's what I love about a good blog is that it lets you read and become a part of the community without even having to engage, because I know a lot of people are there right now. And that's okay. That's okay because, um, you know, the community that Amanda and Kate have, they're there when you're ready. Um, but it's time to get connected. So please follow the links uh, there. Also, no matter where you're listening this to this, please leave a comment share it with somebody who needs to hear this. The more you comment, leave a five-star review on Apple, you know, share this with somebody. It helps us help more parents, teachers, admins, therapists, and become this community. But we need you to share this with those who need to know that they're not alone. So, all right, one last thing I would love for each of you to share a word that you would love a parent or a teacher to hang on to if they're struggling right now. So what, what's a good word? You know, I'm all about words. Like I have a word of the year, like my word of the year right now is peace. And I'm like, no matter what's going on out there, like peace. So what's a word that that somebody could hang on to today. If they're struggling. My word is success.
2: Every single day. There is a success. If we made it out of the house on time for school success. If my coffee was hot through the whole cup success. If you put one shoe on and I had to put on the other success, there is success to be found every single day. And we have to hang on to that. And sometimes they're huge and sometimes they may seem little, but there is a win every single day. So success is my word.
0: I love that. I gave a funny look when you said about the coffee, I like looked over my coffee cup. I'm like, shoot, I don't even have little kids at home. and I still <laughs> use My cup of coffee across the room and, and drink it cold. Like, don't Nope, like, that is not on my success marker, but I will find another success today. Kate, how about you?
1: So um, my book is out, which um, hopefully some of you know about it. It's called Forever Boy. But this book, it's my memoir about our family's journey with autism. But the word for me would be transformation. And that's not one I would have thought of years ago by any means. But... My son Cooper and this life that we are living together has really transformed me into a different person. And when you when you look in, that transformation can be for the better or for the worse. So really try to focus on the better and you know, bettering your life, bettering your child's life. And, and it, it's just so important. <laughs> I see it go both ways all the time.
0: <laughs> I love that. And you know, I, I encourage people, Of that too, Um, you know, like I said, my daughter had, you know, complex medical background. And if I could have spoken to myself way back then, like there was a time I never thought we were going to be able to leave the house. I never thought we'd go to an amusement park. I never thought that we'd go to a restaurant without having a seizure. I never thought all of these things. And my life now is so different than it was. So I, I, that's where I'm always saying hope. Like it's always hope. Like there's no reason not to have hope nobody can tell you what's going to happen in the future nobody at all on that note everybody thank you for being here today make sure to look at all the links find the support you do not have to do this alone amanda and kate thank you for being here today thank you you.